Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organizations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker, and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges joined by relevant experts and real life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast and this week we are going to talk about employer branding. This is definitely a really hot topic at the moment isn't it? Although I know it was pre-pandemic something you'd hear a lot about um, in recruitment with recruitment professionals particularly. Uh, I think the whole idea of this great resignation the pandemic has definitely had an impact on this. So that's why I was so pleased when I got the opportunity to talk to David Thompson of Employer Branding Made Easy who is going to talk to us all about this and, and explain a little bit about the basics. This is something, as I said to you earlier, David, I wouldn't say that actually I know a huge amount about. So um, I'm over to you. Would you like to introduce yourself and your business first? Hello, Lucinda. Hi. Yes. Um, hello, everybody. My name is David Thompson. Uh, I'm founder of Employer Branding Made Easy. Um, we're a small business that provides employer branding uh, training courses, online training courses, uh, and consultancy as well, support with um, uh, projects when people need help. Uh, we created the business a few years ago. Um, I'd worked in employer brand agencies for, for many, many years. Um, and we created specifically, as he said, uh, you know, there's not a lot of knowledge around the subject. It's something that's evolved quite quickly over the last few years. So it's something that's become very, very important, but people tend to talk about it and not quite get to the depth of, of how to how to actually be a practitioner uh, so that's why we set the business up is to help people move from having some basic knowledge of employer branding to being a practitioner brilliant so i'm hoping therefore this in this we'll almost treat it as a masterclass then because we'll have listeners out there that um may need to think about this and, and perhaps we can have some practical tips as to to what they can do about it but let's start with the basics um so what do we mean by employer brand yeah what do we mean by that's a great question? What is an employer brand? Um, my, my, so my favorite definition, uh, you know, employer brand is think of your favorite brands uh, like Nike or Apple, etc. You know, uh, their brands uh, exist, um, and you have an opinion and a view of what those brands are and what they represent. So my favorite definition of what a brand is came from Jeff Bezos, sometime Amazon CEO, sometime spaceman. Um, when he said, um, a brand is what people say about you behind your back when you're not in the room. Um, and that's a nice description. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a, um, a logo. Uh, it's not a strap line. It's not a, a piece of social media activity. It's your reputation. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. So if the brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, your employer brand is what people say about working from you, for you when you're not in the room. Uh, it's your reputation. Um, it's what people say about working for you and what they think and feel it's like to work for you. Um, and you build that brand through communication. 
Um, so yeah, that that's essentially what employer branding is. It's um, a relatively new concept in in terms of um, you know kind of HR. The world used to be fairly straightforward when we were looking to hire people. Um, what we'd do is get a job description um, and we would pop it on a job board. Um, and really good candidates would look at it and go, I've got the right kind of skills, um, and they would apply for those jobs. Um, but we've all changed. Things have changed quite significantly. If you think about our behaviours now, when we do anything, we kind of look for a deeper story behind it. Um, we don't just look at things in a transactional way anymore. So if we're going on holiday, we go to TripAdvisor to find out the real story of where we're going. If we're going to buy products, we look at review sites. So the kind of transactional behaviour that, that we used to exhibit <clears throat> has changed into something more emotive now. Um, so when we're looking at organisations that we might be thinking about joining or might be thinking about staying with, generally what we want to hear is the story of what it's like to work there. We're looking for more emotive content to kind of drive our decision-making through. And that's essentially what employer branding does. It just tells the story of why we should choose one organisation over and above another. Um, but it's becoming so important um, because obviously we're in, talent audiences at the moment are very hard to find um you know I've, I've never known a market like it at the moment so so finding and keeping really good talent is really really hard so it's always saying effectively it's a is it a seller's market as in um it's employees market as they can choose where they want to take themselves more so that's it's a, it's and that's i mean that, that's where we are even more so now because of hybrid working and potentially you don't have to just have people who are geographically close to you but how, did it originate uh, was it kind of you know, the war for talent? Is this all linked to the, when the word talent came out? When did it sort of start? Um, I think you trace its origins back, um, uh, you know, probably about 10 years, I would say, when the idea that we need some way of telling our story better to differentiate ourselves from other um, organisations. If we're going to get the best talent, we're going to keep the best talent. The problem always used to be it was a nice idea, but the execution was very difficult. Um, before we had social media, before we had uh, you know easy access to the internet, actually getting building a brand was very hard work and very expensive. You know, you'd have to do it in print, you have to do it in newspapers and places like that. It's very difficult to do. Um, but as as the technology evolved, as social media became more prevalent, easier to use, and as people became more and more able to access the information, so the kind of concept of storytelling and having your own employer brand developed. But it's really gathered pace in the last kind of, I'd say, four or five years. You know, we, we've seen a, uh, a huge uptick in, in the number of in-house employer branding professionals, you know, employer brand managers sitting in the HR teams uh, of major organisations, you know those those jobs didn't exist five years ago. All of a sudden, every major organisation now has an employer brand manager. But there's a bit of a skills gap, so those people come in from a kind of usually from a resourcing background, and they understand resourcing but don't quite understand marketing. Or alternatively, they come from a marketing background but don't understand resourcing. So, so it's growing in importance, but there is a little bit of a skills gap in terms of the knowledge. Um, that, that goes with it hence why we kind of set up the business to, to provide coaching and training yeah because and and so just also in terms of the is it internal is it both is that is, is so it's your internal employees what they think of working for you while they're working there 
And also, but the main problem is you're going to attract new employees. Or again, there's this things like the glass door. Is, is it is it aimed at all of them or just? It is. And that, I think that's why we've another evolution with CV Center over the last few years. It used to be viewed very much as a talent acquisition tool. It's another weapon in your arsenal to help you recruit people. Um, and it, that still is one of its principal purposes. But what we've seen over the last few years, particularly through COVID, is, is a broadening of, of the, this, the audience this applies to. So firstly, internal, playing back to your own people, why they work for the company, you know, why they do what they do, the mission, the purpose, the vision of the business, why we're all here. That's become increasingly important because you mentioned before, you know, the great resignation. Uh, mm. It's very easy for people to up sticks and leave and move jobs. And, and now we're actually all sat behind laptops a lot of the time in our homes. How do you get people to kind of feel they belong to an organization? Mm. Well, strong employer branding is a, is, a, is a powerful way of doing that. So it's increasingly having you know uh, an internal um, uh, kind of perspective to it as well to in, help increase engagement and retention. There's also a third audience as well, which is kind of the, the, outs- the stakeholder audience, the outside worlds, your local communities, shareholders, other people who are involved in the business. What we've seen is, and what we saw through COVID, is so many brands... Uh, started using their employer brand, their people, to tell their stories. Um, And investors and local communities want to see what are you like as an employer? So actually that as an audience is growing in importance as well. So it's gone from being something which is very much focused in talent acquisition to being something much more holistic. And it's all about, you know, everybody who touches the business now, we're trying to tell the story of why this is a great place to work, why people should join and stay. So I can see how it is. You mentioned engagement, how it's really intrinsically linked with employee engagement, isn't it? Because yeah, that whole thing yeah. of knowing why I work for this company, you know, feeling that you, you've, you're you aligned with the overall purpose and things like that, which then, of course, yeah. means it's linked, I guess, to the way people are managed and also in terms of our engagement and, and HR, as I'll ask you in a moment, actually, about what, what we can do to um, I guess, maintain, increase, improve it whatever it might be. So is there anything, so in terms of, before I go on to what we might do about an employee, uh, employer brand, I suppose there is something about what are people looking for? Would you see there's a difference in terms of what people are attracted to? And, and I'm thinking when I'm way back when I was applying for jobs, this is before this would have existed, I think, you had basic blue chip companies. It was more really, if you, had you ever heard of the companies or not? Really, I didn't know anything about whether they were good employers or not. You might look at the benefits packages or um, the package, but it was nothing as human, as you're saying, that we're talking about now. Um, and is that that people are looking for more human stories or is it just that those are available? What, what would you see that's changed? I think they're looking for more human stories. I think there has been... Um... Uh, you know, the, we used to look for big brand names that we trusted. Yeah, I think there has been a, a shift in in sentiment in sentiment um, that we don't necessarily trust big brands anymore. Um, don't necessarily want to work for big brands. But the difficulty we used to have was, well, yeah, okay, if I go and work for somebody else, I have no idea who they are, what they do, or why I should go and join them. Um, so now I think people are looking for those stories. They are definitely looking for more authenticity. 
Um, so there's you know lots of research out there that shows that people believe the voice of employees are three times more than the voice of a CEO, for example. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the real authentic stories of people who were, were not a fairy tale, um, not a kind of everything here is magic and wonderful, but an honest, authentic portrayal um, of what it's like to work for an organization. So I think people are really seeking that out. We can see that now. You know, we went back before and talked about, um, you know, with TripAdvisor. Well, we have things like Glassdoor for jobs now. You know, same thing. Uh, People want authenticity. They want the real people telling them, here's the truth of what it's like to work here. This is the story of why we work here. This is why we choose to work here and not somewhere else. So I think it's the main thing they're looking for these days is authenticity. And that's the stuff, if you imagine, um, you know, most organisations, when we're talking about appealing to people uh, to come and work, work uh, back kind of fight, fight a battle on a very transactional level uh, we have a salary we have some benefits we have a location and so do our competitors you know and actually probably we're probably all paying more or less the same um, you know benefits are more or less the same how do we differentiate between us and the competition you know when essentially what we're offering is a job with a salary the same as they are well the way we differentiate is through kind of emotion by saying yeah but us it, it feels better to work here and telling that story that emotive authentic story can lift you up basically above that kind of transactional level and elevate you as an employer so if you get it right, it's an enormously powerful tool. You know, it really can stand you aside from your competitors for talent. Um, and also, as you said, it has a powerful internal purpose as well to create stronger engagement and, and strong and better retention. So I think uh, to answer a very long answer to a short question, um, but the, the answer is uh, what are people looking for? They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for real stories that they can trust. And that, that, it's just got my, I'm just, triggered my thinking really so I can see that you want real stories I wonder though so for example with Amazon reviews or your average glass door review that whole um, adage in terms of customer service is that one one frustrated person will tell 10 more people than someone who's quite happy leave it so I I wonder how do you make sure that you're getting a, a relevant respective view of of something um although i appreciate that is the challenge across the piece and actually can you do anything about what people are going to say because sometimes is it within hr's within hr's remit or even can they influence it how how authentic are authentic reviews if if you see what i mean are there any are there any issues with with this is it just perceived authenticity yeah okay so you can't force people to write nice things about you um, that would be yeah. you know, that, that's that's not how it works. That's not very democratic. Um, so yes, you you know, and, and it's true that quite a lot of reviews are written by quite disaffected people. What you can do, um, and this is my personal experiences, most people in who work in organisations are quite willing to share stories about their workplace and feel quite good about working where they do. The reason they don't is because they're too scared. Um, they're scared they'll do the wrong thing um, or they're scared they'll make a mistake or they just don't know what to say. There isn't a story for them to tell. There isn't a narrative for them to tell. Um, my experience is if you give people that narrative, if you say, tell you what, guys, okay, we, 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 we're not going to ask you to write nice reviews for us. We would never do that. But you know, if you feel so inclined, here's our story. This is what we've researched. You've told us that this is the story of what it's like to work here. 
Um, and here are some little assets that you might want to use on social media if you feel so inclined as well. My experience is if you do that, people are quite willing to share their experiences. They are quite willing to write reviews on review sites that will kind of talk about the things that you've talked about. It's giving them that framework and that story in the first place to go and talk about, but it has to be an authentic story. You can't make it up. So you have to do your research. It has to come from the people. You have to do your groundwork and say, well, look, we spoke to the organisation. You told us that these are the things that are good about working here and then that people might enjoy about it. So we've got to put that together for you. If you want to go and share that story now, that would be fantastic. But we can't force you to, of course, we're not going to do that. So this is you getting your existing still employed people to put stuff out there, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. This is advocacy. One of the most powerful parts of employer branding. You know, there's kind of two ways you can do employer branding. You can either spend a great deal of money on it and get paid for advertising everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we don't have budgets for that in HR, do we? Generally, we don't have a nice big marketing budget sat there to use. So we need to find ways of being creative. We need to find ways of reaching out to audiences and spreading our message without spending lots of money. The most powerful way of doing that is advocacy. It's getting your own people to become essentially your salespeople to be out there saying, hey, look, I, I like my job. I like working here. I feel good about it. Uh, here's a little story about Mary, who works in customer service, or Gary works on the production line. This is what they do. This is what we're all trying to achieve here. This is why it will feel different for you to where you're working now. That That's really powerful stuff. So the idea of doing that, if you're doing that business as usual, you're using um, engaged people, hopefully, because they're still working for you, and you're just sharing real stories. And then if you have a prospective, someone who might come and work at your organisation, they're going to Google your company, and that will come up naturally as opposed to, is, you know, or is it on your website? Or how, how is it sort of seen? How do you make sure that people actually yeah. pick up on this? This is where you need a marketing strategy as well. So, okay. okay, we've got our framework, we've got our storytelling, we're using social media, but we need to think carefully about where are our um, customers, if you like, where are our candidates? Who do we want to speak to? Who are we trying to influence? Um, because I think the mistake a lot of people make in employer branding is the kind of, maybe make a nice little employer you know story about okay here we are with our christmas jumpers on or something like that sticking on social media and then kind of go well nothing happened well who was it aimed at why did you what did you want them to do so you have to think carefully about who who's our target audience is it accountants is it manufacturing people who who is it where are they what platforms do they use are they using linkedin are they using instagram what matters to them, what's important to them, because there's no point in talking to us about Christmas jumpers if they're not interested in Christmas jumpers. You know, what are the things that matter to them personally? So we make we understand our audience first, and then we start to shape and tailor our marketing strategy to reach those people, basically. So different tactics for different audiences is, is the way to go. So it really truly is marketing, isn't it? It's, your, yes. it's thinking of your brand as a product. Really, Absolutely. And, and, you know, working within it as a product and, and yeah, the same you, way. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, your brand your, is, is a product, your customers are candidates and employees. That's it. Same, same principles as a marketing strategy. Um, but the trouble is that that kind of skill and that kind of knowledge generally doesn't sit in HR. So it strikes me there's quite a lot more to employ a brand than maybe meets the eye. It's more than just um, attracting candidates externally. It's actually something you want to, I guess, engage your internal customers, your internal organisation, which will then also 
um, engage others potentially to want to come towards you because it's got to be authentic. So what you're saying it is something that's got to be real and authentic. So you need almost a program of marketing. Well, it sounds like you've got a process to it. And obviously you do training on this, David. So if I'm you know, an HR professional, a you know, medium-sized business, and I need to start thinking about this, have you got any tips that you could give me to, to try and do more about my employer brand and maximise it? Yeah, um, you're right. It is a process. It might be easiest if I kind of just talk you through the elements of that yeah. process. Um, because it, it can be an intimidating thing. Um, I would say lots of people talk about employer brand and then kind of go, you know, don't quite know how, what to do about it or, or you know how, how to make one and how to manage one um so it can be a little bit of kind of like fake it till you make it stuff um so for me quite often i see clients kind of jumping in at the at the deep end and kind of going right okay we need to do something about our employer brand somebody quickly do some social media activity um and they'll do like i said do something with the christmas jumpers or Macmillan cake yeah you know cake day or something um and then Nothing quite happens Nothing with again. them. They don't really know why. And it's because, well, we didn't have a story. We didn't have a narrative to tell. Um, and we didn't really understand what we were saying to who and why and when. So we need a structured process. There is a structured process to employ branding. And it goes something like this. Okay. To start off with, we need to kind of plan out our work and scope it. So understand what we need to do. Think about things like our career site, our social media pages, what kind of state are they in? Um, are they competitive with our competitors? Again, we're, we're competing for talent against other people. So what are our competition doing? Um, you know, are, we, are we looking and saying the right things? Are we looking and saying the same things as them? Should we do something different? But just get an understanding first of, of where we're at and what needs doing. And then start to think about planning resources. So what resources am I going to need to do this? Do I need to bring in an agency? Or if I've got marketeers in-house and designers in-house, you can help me with this work. So give some thought, first of all, to where we're at, um, what um, you know, resources we've got to call on. Also think about the business case. I always find raising money in HR, sometimes the hardest part is going to the FD and kind of saying, can I have some money to do an employer branding project, please? You know, FD then says, run along with your little vanity project and bring me something that's going to make me some money. Mm -hmm. So we need to think carefully about the business plan and think about the business need, you know? So, right. Okay. If our business is struggling to hire talent, what does that mean? That means production is going to slow down by 20% over the next two years, which means profitability is going to be cut. You know, think about the business case and build that. And before you go and get your funding, basically. So plan, think about what you need and think about how you can get the funding. The next part. Sorry, can I just pause you there a minute, David? Sure, I'll come back to absolutely. Because actually, building a business case is always really hard for HR projects. Yes. And I'm just interested, um, maybe put you on the spot here in terms of that, but are there any sort of metrics? So it's one of those bit like engagement. Spend money on this, but will that actually give you a return in terms of retention or attraction? Yeah. Are there, is there any way you can point people at it so you can go and get yeah, some absolutely. metrics? In, in our courses, we provide lots of metrics. The truth is actually you can Google them. Um, there are pl there's plenty of well-researched evidence out there, which which gives you, you know, on LinkedIn, there's a series of statistics on LinkedIn, for example, 28, you know, a good employer brand can reduce your overall retention, uh, your overall turnover of staff by 
you know, reduce your cost per hire by 50%. So these are things that have been externally researched over time. Okay. What you can then do is just plug them into your business. Your okay? So our, we've got 100 people leaving a year. Okay, If I run this project, it's going to decrease by 28%. 28%, 28 people will not read this business. Therefore, we don't have that cost of recruitment attached to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can build your case. You can pay really for it many times over if you've got many times. Right. And one so thing I guarantee you, whatever you spend on an employer branding project, you will read many, many, many times over. As long um, as it's effective, yeah, of course. As long as you do a good job. As long as it's effective and you yeah. do it well, and yeah, as long as you follow the process. Got you. Okay, so let's go so, back. Yeah. So you plan and scope it. Um, yeah. yeah, think about that. Uh, Consider whether you've got internal resources or if you need to go external, make sure you've got a business case and you've got the um, funding to actually do it properly. So that's yeah. three. What's, what's the fourth point then? Research. Okay. Do your homework. Don't make this stuff up. Don't sit in the boardroom of the CEO and tell say, tell me why this is a brilliant place to work because that's unauthentic. We need to be uh, researching ourselves, why people feel the way they do, the good, the bad and the ugly. So make sure you run research internally. Um, talk to people around the business. I always run focus groups. We've got several focus groups running at the moment in, in the business, talking to employees about what keeps them there, um, but also a balanced conversation. Okay, what could be better as well? Let's tell an honest opinion. Uh, uh, um, we said before, look at your competitors. So make sure whatever your competitors are doing, make sure you do something different. Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of a habit in HR of being a bit follow the leader. So sometimes some employer brands can look and feel a bit samey. Um, but really, you know, what we want to do is tell a different story. So research the external audience as well. And then finally, research your candidates. Make sure you understand what people are wanting, what they're looking for. Really great way of doing this is researching new joiners. People have just joined the business because they'll have a clear memory of mm. what they thought of you before they joined the business and also what was important to them as job seekers. So three strands to our research, if you like, you know, internal research, com uh, competitor research, and um, uh, kind of candidate research. They'll help you give it, they'll give you your story, your, your platform for your story, what we call your EVP, your employer value proposition. Right. It's the framework, it's the story that we then pick up. It's the blueprint. We can then go and tell stories from it with confidence that these are authentic stories that have been researched and validated by our people in our organisation. So your EVP is kind of like, imagine you're building a house, your EVP is the blueprint that we build from. You know, so, so we plan, we research, we develop our EVP, then we start turning this into something that, can, that looks and feels good. Um, so the creative development part, you might want to do that in-house if you have designers or you might want to uh, speak to a consultant like me or an, an agency but you start bringing it to life that story we start telling it visually and with words and we create what we call a kind of uh, employer brand playbook just uh, as where we say this is our tone of voice these are the fonts we use the colors we use we might want to do some photography around the business so we've got some authentic people imagery again don't use stock photography doesn't work it's doesn't, all, all it says is it couldn't be bothered to do any real yeah. photography. Um, so think about using some real people photography and put this into our little guide, which says, here's the story. Here's how we execute it. Here's how we tell it. Then you can start creating little assets that you can use, little kind of templates that you can use on social media. Um, make sure your career site is in good nick. Um, your social media channels are all set up. But, you know, kind of do that work and start putting together your plan if you like of where we're going to tell that story now we've, as we said we've researched who our audience is um, we know what they want 
So now we can start plugging in. Okay, okay. so we need to be on Instagram because that's where they are, or they're all on LinkedIn. So let's focus our energy on LinkedIn. So now we have a well thought out story. We have our creative brand coming to life. We thought carefully about how we're going to use it and where we're going to use it. So that's great. So now you're doing good employer brand work. Uh, the next thing to do is loop back around and measure it. Because at the start, we said we're going to go and try and raise some money and we need to, and we said we're going to do these things. So think about your metrics for measurements. You know, is it cost per hire? Is it retention levels? Is it time to hire? Um, or is it something more, um, you know, that kind of hard kind of hiring metrics? Or is it something more uh, emotional? Are you just wanting people to know more about the organization and feel something more positive about working there? In which case, we might want to look at things like social media following, um, you know, the, the you know, glass door reviews, etc. those kind of more sentiment-driven things um, that would tell, give us answers to those questions. So measuring, and then as we're going forward, if you're measuring things and they're not working, stop doing them. Do the things that are working, you know, and tweak it and tweak it and keep moving with it as you go along. What you find is, you know, it doesn't take too much effort and too much time to start building quite a good following of people who are feeling positively about working for you. And then the joy is when you start seeing that translate into positive glass door reviews and the like, people start to really get the story, feel passionate about it. And you see retention levels falling because people are feeling more attached to the business and want to stay and be part of it. That's when the joy really comes out. You think, oh my goodness, this is such powerful stuff. So that's the that's the process in a nutshell. That's really helpful, Terry, like that. Um, I can see how, I guess it's not like this is a full-time job for all the time, but it can feel like a full-time job when you're looking yeah. like that for someone. Um, so you'd need, you would need resources, as you, as you rightly said, someone who can actually take this on. Um, how long would you say you would need to, let's say, run a project of, of this, going through the development? You've got, you've got your assets and then you're running them probably on social media in a variety of places. How long would you say is a reasonable amount of time before you might expect it to hit your metrics to see some improvements? It's a really good question. Um, I think some metrics you should see instantaneously. Um, if you're getting your own people to start sharing um, your, your stories and using their networks, you should see your social media following growing pretty quickly. You should see the number of applications you're getting for your roles increasing pretty quickly. So that, that kind of stuff can happen. That Those hard hiring metrics, you can start to see changes happening you know, in, in, a, in a couple of months, two or three months. The longer term things like increased attrition, uh, sorry, decreased attrition, they take a bit more work mm -hmm. uh, to, to get that story to really permeate through the business, to get everyone to start recognizing it and feeling it for that reputation, that buzz to start growing. That can take a bit longer. So you might see some metrics improving very, very quickly. Yeah, so Others social media is quite, a, a yeah, quite tangible, isn't it? Or something like that. I can yeah, see yeah, that. Absolutely. And I would expect attrition, you'd need it about six months probably. I would have thought yeah. the, um, to see a difference. And you've got to match, and match it over time, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting now because I'm going through my head of people that I'm connected to on LinkedIn or businesses that I'm connected on LinkedIn. I now think, oh, yeah, that was quite, they're quite good at employer branding. I've yeah, seen things absolutely. go out um, and they've done various things. As I can think of one financial services um, firm, which did some really nice things a, about them and winning an award. And others that they've yeah. got a video which has got a really high propensity of women in, in it, yeah. at least 50-50, right? And um, financial yeah. services is known for not being hot on yeah. not being great at diversity and inclusion so I think that's quite an interesting um and I assume well thought through bit of employer branding 
Yes. yes. And I guess actually we could, there is something here where you could take it down that line where we've been talking about that scoping, what's your narrative is, you know, we're an inclusive, you want to think, you know, what is it we want to put out there? We are an inclusive um, employer, we develop people, whatever it is that we want the story to be that people are going to recognise about us, basically. Absolutely. What you usually find is when we're developing that, what we call the EVP framework, you usually find four or five key stories um, that are authentic and you and, and we can use confidently. Um, but sometimes we we turn those stories up and turn them down for different audiences. <clears throat> so, for example, for some audiences, you know, uh, uh, diversity, uh, equality might be really, really important. Um, so we kind of amplify that story. You know. yeah. for, the, for other audiences, it might be something as basic as really nice environment, clean working environment and, mm. or flexible hours. So we amplify that story for that audience. All sits inside the same framework, the same four or five stories told under a different framework. But you can amplify stories for different audiences to really hit what's most important to them. But it's all authentic and true, you know, because yeah. we've, research, we've researched it. It's authentic stuff that we can be confident about. And what's going to attract people? So if you're if you are a, a charity, it might be the stories about making a difference to, um, or you know, or the NHS or whatever, making a difference to patients or animals or whatever it is that your charity is about, because that's those people who are purpose driven. Um, yes. It could be about people being development development opportunities, learn. Yeah, so it's, it's it's all about attracting the right people, which is why it makes sense for it, it to be authentic. Because if you that's pretend it. to be something you're not, people then join because they think you are that. And then find out you're not, they're just going to leave anyway, aren't they? So it makes just much leave. more sense and, to be authentic. And equally, yeah. And if you're telling them, not only that, but if you're telling an unauthentic story, your own people will look at it and kind of go, that's, that's a pipe dream, that's not true. Yes. So it'll alienate them and just make them more disengaged. That's really so, true, isn't it? That people take values and things when they uh, don't see them being real. When they don't yeah. see, exactly. You know, there's nothing worse if you've got values that are just wallpaper. Mm. Um, it's worse than not having any at all because you just think, well, we don't really live and breathe these. You just made them up because you couldn't be bothered to do anything else. You know, So, it, it, you know, an authentic story is really, really important. And, and I think people respect that honesty and like that honesty as well. They don't expect to be sold a pipe dream. They want, they want the authentic view. So. Great. OK, David, I'm going to summarise because I've made notes for the benefit of the reader because I've got seven or eight points here on your process, just as a reminder. But obviously, I'll come back to you and you can tell people where they can find you um, or if they want to do training or focus groups or they appreciate you're pretty busy at the moment if you want the experts because I can see um, having some expertise is really helpful. But essentially, you're saying um, you need to start out by thinking about what your narrative narrative is and what your story might be, plan and scoping that. Um, and some of that's about research, which comes in later, but it's like looking at um, what you're doing already on your social media pages. What are the competition doing? Just being aware of that. Make sure you've got the resources in-house or agency because you can see you want to do it. You don't want to just kind of do a couple of videos and forget it. You need to run it properly to get the benefit. Otherwise, you spend the money, you won't get the return, will you? Make sure you've got some investment, get a business case um, in terms of this and think about it in relation to the metrics out there. You can Google them. But is it about retaining talent for you? Is it about um, attracting more of the certain type of skills? So looking at where you're going to get your return on investment uh, to make sure you can pay for it and do it properly. Links to the scoping, uh, you're saying going into more detailed research. So in houses, you would probably, it's easier to get a third party, but you do it by having focus groups, understanding why people work for you now. So look at your internal audience. Um, also look at competitors, why they might choose competition, um, why people work for them. Um, and also, what's the one? 
candidates candidates as in our oh, new, new starters so people that you've brought in they'd obviously looked at your brand and, and find out why they joined you because that tells you what you actually look like externally then we've talked number five i've got you talked about your employer value proposition so it's more formalizing it this is what this is this is our three to five stories or narratives that are themes which you might dial up or dial down based on your audience um, as to whether you're attracting otherwise get the marketing involved creative bits of a playbook assets so little video clips works really well the media images that sort of thing again that's where you choose where you put those then it's about running your campaign a social media campaign or however you're going to put it out there then of course really importantly as professionals make sure we've got some metrics along the way uh, to see how we're doing so if something's not working you can turn it up or turn it um, down if it is turn it up if it's working and if not turn it down so that seems really sensible uh, not saying it's easy, but it seems really sensible. Uh, David, if, if people want to come to you, to you and your team for some professional guidance, how would they find you? Yeah, I, we've just made you into an employer branding practitioner there, listen, that's brilliant. There you go. Masterclass, I've got the tips, yes. I've written it down. <laughs> okay, so um, as you can hear, there is quite a lot to it, to it. Um, but there is nothing in there that you cannot do. Okay. Anybody can do this stuff. It's just knowing what to do. It's not rocket science. You just need time and you just need a process to follow. So our courses kind of help you follow that process. And then we're on hand to help with consultancy if you need some help afterwards as well. Um, so the courses are called Employer Branding Made Easy. You can find us at www.employerbrandingmadeeasy.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm David Thompson 4 on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can find us on uh, social media as well. Again, it's uh, employer branding made easy. So, so that's where you can find us. Um, as we said, we try and, as the name suggests, you know, we try and make it as methodical and logical um, as possible to follow. Um, the courses aren't just courses. There's tons of kind of fill-in resources that, that are provided as well. So you literally go in there and say, fill in the number here tick this box here is the creative briefing form here's how you make an evp here's how you run a focus group all of those things are done in a very pragmatic logical fashion so um yeah you've got a toolkit as well i'll put all of those links on the show notes guys as ever you know go hruprising.com so i'll get david's linkedin details and his website details on the show notes um along with his process uh so that people can refer to it really quickly and easily fantastic david thank you so much for coming on the hr uprising podcast It's been a great pleasure, Lucinda. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.